Welcome, everyone. This is Recovery Dharma. My name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators of the Spokane Sangha. And normally, Marty is here this evening. Marty is working, and so he'll be back with us next week. I'd like to set the intention for our practice. This is something that is very common in Buddhist practices where you come into an awareness and sort of an enacted awareness of what is your intention for being here? What is your motivation for being here? Sometimes that isn't always clear. And so it's nice to have somebody else set a sort of collective intention for the group, something that we can focus on. Because uh, sometimes when we're, we're too in our minds, we can't see things clearly. So as a collective... Uh, This is our intention for today. This one reads, May you have thoughts that encourage. May you have thoughts that encourage. It's wonderful. Hmm. This is going to be our last conversation looking at mindfulness, sati, in the body. Tomorrow is our Zen practice, and I haven't yet decided what we're going to do yet. I'm still sort of staying open to that. But for tonight, I would just like to mention the six practices of the body that we've already discussed. And I want to mention them as a signal of encouragement. You have been practicing with the Spokane Sangha enough to hear the six mindfulness practices within the body. Wow. And you can go to each one of these practices. You can even have a practice that incorporates all of them all at once if you want to. The whole point is to notice and to remember that your body, your physical form, is something that you can turn to when you feel activated, when you feel stirred and anxious, confused, when you have a craving, you can quickly activate the mind with something encouraging that says, whoa, hey, 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 slow down. We have this body that we can work with, that can ground us, that can center the mind and the heart. And it's so simple, yet so profound. It begins with the breath. Taking intentional breaths. So together, let's just breathe naturally for a moment or two. And then we'll do a couple of breathing exercises that 
you'll notice require your attention. As you're breathing, place your tongue on the roof of your mouth, just behind your teeth, your top teeth, if you have them. Allow your awareness to identify where your inhalation is happening, either at the nostrils or your mouth. And then notice where you're exhaling, either at your nostrils or the mouth. Allow your breathing to be slower, deeper. See if you can bring your awareness to your belly that's softening and allow it to expand fully. Allow your diaphragm to fill with breath. And maybe engage your belly as you exhale so you can squeeze out all of that air. And to do this, friends, to do this with clarity, put the body in a noble posture. Sit tall or lie down. Give yourself full awareness of your belly. You can even put your hands on your belly. One of the body practices is allowing the mind to wander all over the body. As you're breathing and watching the belly rise and fall, allow your attention to scan the body head to toe. Notice any parts of you that are tight. Notice any parts of you that are extra relaxed. As you're breathing, call to mind that this body vessel is intimately and intricately connected to the elements, the earth, 
the solidity of your body is so earth-like. The frame, the structure of your body is very earthy. The air we breathe, the way our lungs filter, the way various organs in the body work together and complement one another like whole ecosystems of the earth. You can think about the element of fire. In Buddhism, it's considered temperature. Noticing parts of the body that feel warm, parts of the body that are cool. Remembering that food can produce different temperatures in the body. Spicy food produces heat, and there are cooling foods like melons, cucumbers. Think about the waters of the body. Think about how the waters flow and move Mobility, how do you flow and move? The fifth element that's often not spoken about is mystery. And this speaks to another of the body practices, which is just remembering that you have this whole organism It's a universe all unto itself, and it is connected deeply to the cosmos itself. There is a thing called interconnection. The things that we need, nutrients from the earth, the sun, air, and water, all of life requires. Our survival is everything's survival. We inter-are. So our bodies are part of a magnificent, vast whole. Its unfolding remains a mystery. And the final body practice that I mentioned yesterday is simply coming into the awareness of impermanence. That eventually, under conditions that we don't know, and many of us don't know when, this body is going to cease to live. It will die. And it will go through a whole process of decomposition, returning to the elements of earth. It's another way, another reminder of how connected we are. And the reason why we contemplate the body in all of this way is it's a wonderful way of getting ourselves out of that self-centered, self-focused, self-cherishing mind. There's something going on beyond the appearance of the body. There's something going on beyond our thoughts, 
feelings and stories. And when we can tap into that, even for just a moment, something within us softens and calms down. Return to the breath. Return to the miracle of the body, breathing and alive. Return to the life of the whole planet and the cosmos you in it. Thich Nhat Hanh referred to mindfulness as a miracle because our capacity to be present to the moment is challenged. We're not often in the present moment. We're usually in the past or somewhere in the future. And so to come into the present moment exactly as we are, stressed, racing mind, palpitating heart, worried, whatever it is, or at ease, it doesn't matter. Simply being aware of it and identifying it. Thich Nhat Hanh loved to say things like, hello, little racing mind. Hello, fast beating heart. I'm here for you. One of the things we're doing that's so radical is we're changing the way and the tone that we bring to ourselves. We're creating landscapes within this body-mind that are curious and friendly, hospitable, nonviolent, caring, full of compassion and healing. Imagine if we took a breath every time we had a craving and said, Hello, craving. I see you. I know you. I'll take care of you. I'll be kind to myself.
a low intrusive thought. I feel the tension you bring in my shoulders. I'm going to breathe and bring you ease. Hello, sour stomach. I feel your stress. I may make a cup of ginger tea. Hello, beautiful body that enables me to do so many things that has tolerated my neglect, kept me going. I'm going to breathe and bring healing and peace. We practice in this way, friends. to honor our beloved dead who are no longer here. We live this precious life for them. All righty, friends, let's go ahead and, and bring ourselves back to a noble posture. Bring ourselves back to a dedication of this practice. Many years ago, I came up with this mantra that says, we honor our beloved dead best by learning to better live. And what was motivating me to really make that a practice, make that a devotion, was I was spending a lot of time with children who were dying. And so they couldn't live anymore. And I kept thinking, how do I honor the fact that they've lived their whole life in six years or three years or ten years? And here I am carrying on. And rather than get tripped up in that egoic mind that says that that would uh, burden me with survivor's guilt, I really felt strongly about creating a life that was peaceful and joyful and vivacious and energetic, something that these kids would have in me, 
through me. And we have to learn how to do that, oddly enough. We have to learn how to better live. And part of that includes shifting our relationship to habit energy. The habit energy of the stories we tell, the habit energy of the way we self-sabotage, the way we self-loathe, the way we misuse substances and deny ourselves good food and rest. So many opportunities to live just a little bit better, holding in the mind's eye anyone who can't live anymore. That's what we live for. That's what we that's what it means to live for someone. To honor their life through us as we continue to improve and heal. It is a monumental task. It is a noble task. It is a worthy endeavor all of which you possess the strength, the courage and the wisdom to do. Thank you for your beautiful practice this evening. We'll see you next time. Namaste.